welcome back to Real Talk with Real People. My name is Dr. Caroline Bethia Jones, and I am here today with author, singer, actress, and host Renee Taylor. Hi. Hi, Renee. How How are are you? you? I'm good, good. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so happy to have you here. Yeah. Yes, we're going to have a little candid conversation. Is that okay? Of course. It's a long time coming. We've got a lot to catch up on. We do have a lot to catch up on. Mm -hmm. Before we get started, let me tell you a little bit about Renee. She is a proud alumni of Rutgers University and has publicly spoken on bridging the gap among sectors within organizations. We're going to talk about that a little bit. Okay. Um, another word for departments. So, you know, streamlining departments, you know, a lot of times there's like a bit of a separation when you're in corporations. Okay. You figure, oh, well, I work for this department or that department. And sometimes there's there's no mixing and mingling. Oh, okay. So um, I spoke about the diversity in departments and how to kind of network and intertwine those worlds. So there's no division. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> okay. We're going to move on. The impact of performing arts within society. You're going to tell me a little bit about that. And the influence of elders within the community. Yes. Shout out to my 89-year-old grandmother. She's all right. 90 this year. All right. My father's going to be 90 this year. Awesome. I know. Isn't that awesome? What month? August. Okay. She's October. Oh, well, okay. Oh, so that's coming right around the corner then. It is. Okay. okay. As the founder of Triple Threat Vision, an events company, she has hosted a sister-to-sister talkback and yes. the family affair. We're going to talk about that too. Yes. A collective arts experience creating a platform for entrepreneurs and talents within a family-friendly atmosphere. Her planned future projects include a live podcast in winter 2019. Yes, let's talk about it. We're going to talk about that. Mm -hmm. Publishing her first volume of poetry, Life, Love, Loss, and a book in her father's memory, Letters to My Father. Well, welcome. Yes, thank you. I'm happy to have you. Yes. Because you are a terrific young lady. Oh, thank you. No, seriously. I, you made such an impression on me when I met you the first time <laughs> that I just needed I to always keep you in my corner. I'm like, I like this girl. It is so funny because it, it, so much happened that night. So it's almost it's almost a blur as to our first meeting. I know. Because I know you were at a table. It was kind of far away at the audition. Yes, yes. And it just it went by so quickly. So I don't think we had much dialogue. No, afterwards. we didn't. But yeah. what happened was... but. There was something about you. You had like that black girl magic. You had that black girl magic, Renee. So when I saw you and, and, you know, like you said, it was a brief conversation because Mm -hmm. we were um, looking for actresses to play a part for black women walking. Yes. And um, I was very impressed with you, though. Thank you. So even <laughs> after, even after we you, everybody left and we were going through all of the auditions and the pictures, I said to Kiana, I said I like her. Oh nice. And I wrote that down. Oh, even when I was, I was like, I like her. There's something about her. I like oh, that's her. Awesome. That's awesome. I mean, I've always been told just be within the audition process, within entertainment, as I've been doing it for quite some time, that it's not even about being the best, right? Or the most talented or the most beautiful, because there's always someone that's better or maybe at the top of their game. Um, And sometimes you're just not what they want. But it's really about just making whatever experience, however it is that you make them feel, making it unforgettable. And you were. Thank unforgettable because you. <laughs> you see I called you up I know it was so strange because I, I mean I felt like I 
totally bombed the audition and I was very shocked that you called because I was like oh this is horrible this is horrible they're not gonna call me I'm not gonna get the part so see now things didn't work out the way we wanted it to but I'm gonna tell you something else that's lovely about you because even though the production was shut down in the manner in which um, we tried to um, um, get it hosted. Yeah. I said to you, well, my ministry is going to still do it. Yeah. We're going to do it as a reader's theater. That was nice. And you were like, well, I want to come and see it. And I was like, well, you can come and see it. But if you want to, <laughs> you could even still read your parts. Oh, you, nice. Yeah, it was nice. It, it nice. was. It was very, very nice. And the only thing I regret is that we really didn't record that much of it. Oh, gosh, yes. You know, that is, that's a big regret for me right now. You know, and it's it's even more common than not. Um, even with the Nina Simone play that I just did. Yeah. Simply Simone. You don't have footage for that? Oh, my goodness. When I tell you... I want to say Sony might own the rights okay. to her state and to her to all of her music and and all of her work. Okay. And they were very strict in terms of like pulling some of the scores, um, and there being no photo- photography, no recording. Oh, I wasn't no aware. Videotaping. So. You know, still to this day, I, I tried to reach out to the city because, mm-hmm. you know, they sponsored it, um, Union Township, mm-hmm. to be exact, along with my director. And nobody had come up with anything. And we were even looking to do additional dates right. because the show was so highly acclaimed. It was. So high in demand. Um, you know, we were busting out the seams. Mm-hmm. I mean, so many people that I know that did purchase tickets weren't even able to make it in. Because you couldn't find parking. Exactly. You couldn't, I mean, we were beyond the fire code at that point and capacity. So, um, you know, with that, such an amazing memory. Thankfully, we took a lot of pictures. Yes. And I have the experience of those that I'm still connected to, but no video footage. Maybe one or two from my rehearsals wow. and um, our promo video. It was really, really, I was so impressed with you watching you in that play. Oh, the Nina Simone. Oh, it yes. was hard. Nina, Nina was such a character. There was so, so much dialogue. Yeah. There were so many roles, so many characters. And with a play at that, that budget, that mm-hmm. low of a budget, you know, we didn't even have a set. You know, we had right, our little, right, right. But we had it, our little But chairs. it worked. <laughs> but it worked. It really worked. Yeah. It really, really worked. And well, it was so enjoyable. and supporting. That was awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. So what are you doing right now? Oh, gosh, what am I not doing? (laughs) (laughs) So as you mentioned in my bio, uh, I actually did start the live podcast that's through Anchor Radio, and um, it's called Let's Talk About It. So right now we're on hiatus, but you can still go on Anchor Radio, C1 Photography, um, or C1 Management, and you can locate the past episodes. And then... I am still singing and acting. Singing is my first love. And um, after Rutgers, I got into acting, musical theater, to be exact, and then into film. So for those that know me just recently, I was at Harris, uh, Harris Casino, uh, or you want to say Casino Resort, out of Atlantic City. We just debuted Balance of Love. And that was a musical journey. Um, And it's such an amazing show. It was the first gospel show that they featured at the resort. And that's um, deep. Yeah. 
Yes, and we actually, and to even get even deeper, <laughs> we actually went on before Kirk Franklin. Kirk Franklin, he's scheduled to go on this month. And okay. we did this June 21st was um, the date that we were there. It was our pilot show. And it was great because we had all the executives from the other casinos there to watch us. Okay. And so... Um, I don't know that I should say it, but it's kind of like a little spoiler. We have been told that Hard Rock just picked it up. Wow. So um, I'm so excited about that because I've never been. I, well, I've, I've been to Atlantic City. That was maybe my second time in my adult life. Okay. But I've never performed. Never performed there, in Atlantic course. City. So yes. for me, it was such a milestone. Um, even though I've, I've, I've performed on stages that large, mm-hmm. but it was like it's Atlantic City. People come through here and get residencies and, and people... Some people just come and they're like, I have a pass. They, they want to see shows every year, every season. They're faithful. So I'm really, really excited about gaining that that audience. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I'm actually featured in Another Chance. And that is a gospel musical as well. And for those that are, are, are theater people, it debuted about 20 years ago at Crossroads Theater. Oh, oh, the Tony-nominated really? theater. Yes, um, it was actually picked up originally at the Negro Ensemble Company, and from there, they picked up two seasons. I want to believe it. I believe it was two to three seasons at Crossroads Theater. And as a youth, right before I actually um, entered into Rutgers University. I happen to be a subscriber at Crossroads Theater okay. with my aunt. Um, shout out to my aunt, Aunt Gail, out of Somerset, New Jersey. Um, she exposed me to theater, and we had a subscription there and McCarter Theater. And we saw everything. And I tell you, this play had such an impact on me. The characters, the depth of the characters, and mm-hmm. the music okay. was unmatched. And to be you know, in the show and have even the opportunity to just audition was such a blessing and such an honor. So um, that will be debuting August 15th will be our preview date. Okay. That will be in Trenton, New Jersey, or some people say Hamilton is right outside of Trenton. So it depends on how you um, look at it. Sometimes it comes up either way, but that will be at the, the True Love Center. And that is another chance and that will run until October, at okay. the very least October, with a possible extension. And how will individuals get tickets? Is there a box office? Yes, or? so you can actually go right now to anotherchanceplay.com, and you can go right online, and you'll see a full website of all information, the producers, the journey, their testimonies, how it came about, how they even decided to come back after 20 years, okay. and it's still being relevant. Um, you'll also see a promo there, preview tickets, for our, our our debut and then the original start of the show. Okay. Because um, we have about three preview dates. So I'm really excited about that. That will go into October 6th. And you can look that up. So you can come I and take look a look at up. it. Yeah. And um, hope to see you all there. Okay. So what about this poetry we're, we're talking about here? Oh, yes. Okay. So another thing that I mentioned <laughs> there. So it's funny. I just, I just did a reading for Breakthrough. Um, at Summit Public Library. So shout out to them. They were amazing, the staff, and assisting me in, in getting that off the ground. But there, one of the questions, I had a Q&A, um, as well as a reading, um, excerpts from other authors in the mm-hmm. book and along with my, my own chapter. And one of the questions was, you know, what, what's your writing process? How mm-hmm. did you even begin writing? And I shared with the, the, the young ladies and, one of, and actually two young men that came that... As a child, I would always write in my diary. 
And for me, it wasn't even just about like, oh, what I did or, you know, who I liked or my my friends and whatnot. I found that I liked poetry. I started writing poetry or I was just I was always very creative and expressive. My dad was a poet. So and my mother sings as well as my, my brother. So we're just creative beings. And I found that that being, that being a really good outlet for me mm-hmm. whenever I was struggling with anything, you know, you, you know, at adolescence. Right, yes, and, yes. And being a teenager and being a young female um, and, and not, not having a lot of African-Americans in the community that right. I grew up in. So I always would write things out. You know, just get it out of my body if I was right. struggling with something. And I just followed. I just continued in that path. And I I guess that you could say that birthed life, love, loss. So this is a publication that's already been copywritten. It's already been compiled. I simply just waiting, waiting to get that published. And I don't know why I've been sitting on it for some time. I guess... At times you feel like, oh, is it enough? Am I good enough? Oh my God, this Am is I crazy. Am I real poet? <laughs> you know, I'm going to tell you how crazy this is. Because I'm telling you, I've already done a couple of um, interviews already. And that was the conversation this morning. Oh. You, it's, we're such a perfectionist that you mm-hmm. don't really know if it's good enough. Yeah. You keep saying to yourself, am I good enough? Is someone going to accept me? Is yeah. this how it's supposed to be done? And that's how we cripple ourselves, Renee. I know. You're right. And you're absolutely right. And that's what I even learned with your play, Black Woman Walking. Yes. That it's really just about pushing through. That's right. Just do it. Stepping out on faith. Yes. Moving with courage. Moving with courage. Absolutely. Yes. And that's why I was so moved by that presentation and is so happy and honored to be a part of it. And just... The, the intimacy that we had yes. with the young women, the, the level of transparency and openness and willingness for yes. people to participate and share their stories was so powerful because a lot of people, like you said, they do not feel like they're good enough. Right. It's just, just do it. I think it was um, Whoopi Goldberg said in Sister Act. She was like, oh, well, you a singer girl. If you wake up every day and you can't stop thinking about music, then you a singer girl and you just do it. Yeah. And, and that's what makes you a singer. And it doesn't even have to be on a large scale. You know, like, who knows? Maybe I won't be at a, a huge platform on a huge stage right, doing my poetry right, or right. doing an open mic or spoken word, but it can reach somebody. Yes. And I learned. And if it reaches one person, I did my job. You've done your job. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. And I love that you said you did your job because I think a lot of people miss the fact that we are all put here for a purpose. Yes. We all have something in us, right? That is divine, that is unique to us. Yes. Is no, there's no carbon copy. There's nothing like it. And we have a responsibility to be here and to live our lives of purpose and to share that with someone else. Exactly. And I always learned, I always, I, you know, growing up, I always said, oh, the anointing, anointing. You know, you, 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 you have a perception of what anointing and right, right. people that have such a light on their lives, right, and the gifts that they have. And you're like, oh, I wish I had that gift. Or I wish I could pray the way they pray or sing the way they sing or, you know, do whatever it is that they do. And then you realize what they've been through, right, mm-hmm. to have that gift and to carry that gift. Because like I said, it's such a great responsibility. But more importantly, I've spoken to different people and they're like, the anointing is not for me. Mm-hmm. It is for someone else. Mm-hmm. So that light that you have, whatever gift you have, it's not for you. It's for someone it's else. It's for someone else. And I, I was always so hard on myself, you know, being a vocalist, um, singing in Rutgers and a lot of competitions. And I just remember... 
I would be feel like, oh, I did horribly. I bombed. And then after the show, there's just one person that might say, oh my gosh, that really moved me. Right. Or that really resonated with me. Or your, your, your voice is so beautiful. And there it is. And it's just that is. one person that I did my job. Exactly. And that's, and that's all that and, matters. And that is what I'm trying to get across to people mm-hmm. on this podcast. I need yeah. you to understand that. We all have something. It's yeah. not the same gift. It's not the same something. Right, right. You know, somebody could, could, could look at me and say, oh my gosh she's awful and somebody else could say she is life to me yes you you understand what i'm saying so if we get caught up in the negative yeah we kind of forget all the positive that's right there yeah yeah i think and see and it's it's really about discovering yourself yes right that's really what breakthrough is also about um discovering yourself and then and just being honest being honest being with honest yourself. with yourself with what you find and i think it's more empowering it, it's more empowering to not to to, to kind of look at and i don't even like to say, call it negatives right but to look at areas where you maybe can grow and develop and and looking at, okay, so how can I make this better? How can I grow in that area? Right. How can I link myself to people that know more than I do, are more wise, have more experience? And that's really what it's about. That's each really one, what my journey's one. been. Yes. I mean, even the way that we connected. Yes. And we stay connected. And even though you're super busy and I'm super busy, I always make a point of letting you know, oh, well, this is what's going on. Right, right, You right. let me know what your ministry is doing. And and anytime I can show up and support you, I, I want to do yes. that. Because and you have. This is how this is how we connect. This is how you build relationships. And and this is how you learn. Yes. You know, that's because I would I mean I would have never thought to do what do we call it? Uh, with the black women walking. What do you Reader's call that theater. Okay, Reader's, Reader's theater. theater. Yeah. Yes. I've never done anything like that yeah. before. So I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know if I would be good at it. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, you know, it's not like we had, you know, several rehearsals to, right. to really go through the script. We actually didn't have a rehearsal, did we? I don't think. I we, don't think we did. Oh, my goodness. I think we were supposed to do like a read through on the phone. Right, right, right. I don't know if it happened. I think we ended up just talking. It's right. And then we said, we'll just, when we get there, we'll just do it. And yeah. And that's exactly what happened. Yeah. And then Keanu decided to just bring a few props to try oh, to that was help nice. us along a little bit that was nice i think they really went along with the journey and yes, the ride. yes they could visualize it so that was that was nice that was a nice little addition to the experience having yes. those props and it was a great experience and yeah. everyone in the audience also felt it was a great experience yes. and i was just so pleased that they were so willing to participate yes because that's the hardest part a lot of times people don't want they kind of just want to be there and be spectators, right? Exactly. And they don't realize, they're like, oh, well, you're on the stage. I don't want to be a part but, of it. But, you, but it's also, too, I don't let people be spectators. Okay? <laughs> yeah. I don't. Yeah. Because I think everybody's looking for an invitation. You're right. So right. I, I need to push. Yeah. Okay. So I always want to invite you to come in. Okay. I need, I want to invite you in. Okay. So you know it's okay. It's yeah, okay. Your opinion right. is okay. Yeah. It's almost like you got to give them that permission. Yes. Yes. This discussion includes all of us. So it's okay. You can, you can come mm-hmm. into this. So that's yeah. what makes it amazing. And that's why I love this journey that I'm on. I yes. love this journey. Yes. I mean, well, this is the way to do it because you want to reach more people. Yes. And, a lot of times it's just like just do it you're talking to your friends you're talking to other amazing influencers that you're that you're exposed to and 
somebody, somebody somewhere is going to hear it. Yes. You know what I mean? And somebody somewhere is going to be like, oh, oh, wow. I didn't know that they did that. Or I didn't know this person was local. Or I didn't know that they were so accessible. I think, yes. that's, I think that's what I loved about podcasts and love about any type of experience where you where you have a visual audience, you mm-hmm. know, in, in-house or you have an audience that's virtual. It just lets people know there's other people out there doing the things that you're doing. Right. And they're just like you. Yes. That's the thing. That's I think because we, we've always had this misconception when you look at Hollywood stars, you know, sometimes they're untouchable. Even growing up in the church, I've had this this perception of, oh, the pastor. I can't talk yeah. to the Yeah, unreachable. You yeah. can't talk Ooh, to I them. I can't ask yes. them or I can't yeah. let them know about my problems. Or I remember the first time I saw the pastor outside of church. Pastor, you own jeans? You know, things like that because <laughs> you just, you have this image. Yes, this image. Who these people are. Yes, yes. And then you realize, wait a minute, they they have the same challenges I have and that's really part of what breakthrough is about yes yeah I, I do know that yeah. and and I'm very appreciative of it because a lot of I like what you just said because people see you and they already form an opinion yeah as to who you are supposed to be right and like for me it was hard because you you know, you know, you may not know, or I thought you did know that I am a licensed minister. Yeah. Um, you know, I just finished um, school and where I got my doctorate in um, awesome. biblical theology. And I think the expectation is now I'm going to go on and I'm going to be this great big preacher. Right. All oh, right. So that's yeah. They think that that's the only path. That's the only path. Okay. So I need to now preach. And that's not the path that God has right. put me on. And it's not the path that I'm on. Okay. And it's difficult sometimes to to have a conversation with somebody who has already put you in this box. Right. Okay. Yeah. Everybody trying to put limits. Yeah. So you know what that is? That is a really good, that's a really good example. Um, Cause you're right. Your ministry, your ministry can be so vast as much as you want it to be. Mm-hmm. You can reach who you want to reach. You, I, I know that you like it. Intimate. To really, yep. That's yep. the word. You took the words out of my mouth. You like it intimate. You like the one-on-one experience. Yes. And there's nothing like that because that's true ministry because sometimes it's easy. Like I said, you, you look at pastors or preachers or anybody in that matter or speakers mm-hmm. that you feel like are untouchable. Like, Oh, well, can I reach them? Can I even, can I even see them after the show? Because right. everybody's going to be, and it's the one thing I didn't want to be. Yeah. Unreachable. Yeah. And so I think that's what makes your ministry so unique. And yes. Special. I wanted everyone to feel like they had a seat at the table that, yeah, and that we can have a conversation. It. That's a good way to look at it. Yeah. And that, I can learn from you just like you can learn from me. So I never wanted anyone to think that I was above anyone or that um, where I am in this station in my life made Mm -hmm. me unavailable for you. Right. And right. I always wanted to be available for you. Our yeah. ministry is. And you have been. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> our ministry is called Sisters Helping Sisters in Christ for the, for a reason. Mm-hmm. Because I like the Christ model. Yeah. Because what drew me in mm-hmm. to Christ in the first place was his ability to be with the people for the people. Yes. People to sit among that. the people. He was a servant first. Yes. And that's the thing. And we don't realize that a lot of times these big name people, these, you know, these people we put up on pedestals. Yes. They were servers first. They were servants first. Yes. Yes. And yes. servants, servants of the work, right? Servants of like, like we mentioned before off record, you know, of this purpose and divine gift that we have. Yes. And then we need to be servants of those outside in the world that 
need something that may not necessarily walk into a church and i've tried to explain this before what happens to those folks who will not walk into a church you're right. You're right. And that's exactly what this play is about that I'm going to be doing another chance. And and I'm telling you, the story is is amazing. So it's going to resonate with so many people. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what the director, the writer who never had any prior experience, might I add, um, shout out to Melanie Ford. She mentioned in her testimony that there are some people that will never walk into a church. That's right. There are some people that have been bruised and battered and that's hurt right. by some type of church or some type of religious experience. Exactly. Right? But but people want to be entertained. So people will spend money on a party. They'll spend money on a concert. They'll spend money on a theater, you know, some type of presentation. And once they're there, they don't even realize that they're just caught up in the experience of positivity and of love and, and understanding that, oh, wow, I can be forgiven. Yes. I can still wake up and, 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 and have another chance and do it differently. I can change my life yeah. at any any given point. Time. Yes. Yeah. There is no, just what I did yesterday has no bearing on what I can do today. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's the important thing. Yeah. That we're on this journey always for change. Yes. We're constantly, and I always tell people I'm ever evolving. You know, you don't want to be the same way that you were last year. Exactly. You want to grow. You want to develop. You want to expand your mind. You want to travel. Like I said, you want to broaden and expand your network and and learn new things. Exactly. And that's what they say. Even, you know, connecting to people that are like minded. That's important. But then also connecting to people that that are different from you, different from you. And then also they they cause you to level up, you know, they inspire you to be better. Yes. And that's important. I know they always say they we always say they we always say. They, Who's right? the they, Renee? Who's the they? I know. <laughs> but they say that you shouldn't be the smartest person in your career. You shouldn't be the smartest yeah. person in the room. Yeah. There should always be someone smarter, someone that you, you can look up to, aspire to be, not to be like, but to even, you know, refer to. When you have yes. questions, when you're like, oh, I'm trying to get to the next level. How do I go how about do, doing How that? did you do that? And how yeah. can I get there? Yeah. And what do I need to do? There is too many people in the world that's hurting. There's too many yeah. people in the world that feel like they don't matter. Right, right. And somebody has to let those individuals know that they do matter. Yes. So yes. when you come into Sisters Help and Sisters in Christ Ministry production or whether it's a Bible study or it doesn't matter what it is, mm-hmm. you are part of the whole entire thing. Yeah. You never sit and be a spectator right because you won't let that happen (laughs) no you never sit and be a spectator you are and we give you that comfort of knowing that everything that you say it stays right here that's because we're not a it's not about us trying to go out there and and tell everybody's business it is about healing it is 100% 100% about the healing. Yeah. So our, we, we like to say, you may come into this ministry broken, mm. but you're going to leave whole. And that's that's beautiful. because And that's and it's amazing that you have a clear vision and a clear mm-hmm. mission. And I think that's also another thing that people need to keep in mind. You know, without vision, the people perish. So it's very important to have a clear vision for yourself. Yes. That's part of the reason why in my reading, um, when we did the q and I had shared with a lot of people that writing is so therapeutic. Even writing your goals. Yes. Every single year I'm writing my goals. And when I look back on a previous year, like let's say I look back at 2016, and you think, oh, you haven't gotten anywhere. You think, oh gosh, 
oh, woe is me. I hate my life. And you look back like, oh, wow, I actually did, I did that. this. Check right. That off, check exactly. That off. And you don't even realize. Exactly. So, I mean, sometimes it's, it's something as simple as my to do list for the day. Yes. I tell people when I conquered three things out of that list, I feel like, oof. I did good today. I feel productive. Like, you know what I mean? I do so know what you mean. It's the little things. It's the little things about having a clear vision for yourself, where you where you see yourself going and, and having a mission. So I think that's amazing that you guys have a clear vision and mission yeah. um, to really reach people. And, and and I've been doing this for 22 years. When I tell yeah. people that they're they they look in amazement. But for 22 years, yeah. I have dedicated myself to this ministry. I have been there. I have showed up. I have, and you love what you do. That's I the love thing. You're what passionate I do. about it, and that's why you can do it for so long. Yes, and longevity. That's that's the only way. If, when you're doing it right, you're gonna have longevity. When yes. you're passionate about it, it's just in you. It is. Yeah. It is it, like what you were saying about it being in you. Yeah, it just spills right out. Yes, <laughs> you don't. You don't have to work on it. Right. Right. It is who you are. Yeah. Yeah. So. Why don't you tell me a little bit about Breakthrough? Yes. So Breakthrough, it's so funny. As I mentioned, I writing has always been a big thing for me. And in 2008, I started writing my autobiography. I actually was working at an architectural design company and, you know, just bored. I, I found that a lot of corporations, a lot of places that I worked, I, I just recall being at a desk, sitting in a cubicle, just daydreaming about all the other things that I wanted to do. And I started writing it, and it was just pouring out of me, pouring out of me. But I always felt reluctant, like, hmm, I don't know. I don't want to hurt anybody. I don't want to expose anybody. I don't want to make mm -hmm. my family feel a certain way. So I just sat on it. Mm -hmm. And think about it. I mean, what are we, 2019? So, so long, I just sat on it, sat on it. And it just so happens that I came across an opportunity to be a co-author. Mm -hmm. And this was by way of Johnny Wimbrey. And a lot of people, if you know Johnny Wimbrey, motivational speaker, international speaker, best-selling author. But he also was really big in um, network marketing. And so I recall just filling out something, kind of just expressing my interest in doing and being a part of it. Right. But I don't even remember finishing it. I don't even remember hitting submit. It was just something like, you know, you, you know, you're starting to do something, you right. start to fill out something online or whatever the case may be, and then you get distracted. Right. And God knows whatever happened to it, right? So it vanished. And months down the line, months down the line, I didn't think anything of it, didn't even know what I had done. It wasn't until I looked back at my phone since, I mean, I would say August um, of last year that I had been getting missed calls because there's so many robo calls, right? right? Right, right. You just never know. You can't really identify. So I had blocked the number. And I had so many messages from his people about this so-called project. Right. Breakthrough. And I don't even know that it was called Breakthrough at the time. I think it was just like, okay, a co-authoring collaboration. So somehow or another, they called me from a different number that wasn't blocked. I, I was able to speak with somebody and then um, and, and be interviewed and go through the process and then actually speak with Johnny Wimbrey himself. And I told him my story. Mm -hmm. And there in lied and birthed breakthrough because that was my breakthrough. I, f I saw that as my opportunity to reach the world, reach a larger mass of people being on the platform with such as names as Johnny Wimbrey, Wes right. Brown, Nick Halleck, and other co-authors around the country that I could tell my story. So that is what Breakthrough is. Breakthrough is somewhat of a preview of my autobiograph mm -hmm. autobiography. Um, it, is, it is real. 
it is very personal and very intimate and transparent about my upbringing. Right. About my family life and my my challenges with relationships and my self-identity and esteem. Mm -hmm. And it all ends with all those challenges and obstacles. It ends with somewhat of an action plan as to what I did to kind of put the pieces back together again and still putting the pieces back together right, again. Right. And so that's why, um, if, if you read it, you know, the way that I, I sum it all up is I'm breaking through and I hope yes. you do too. Right. Because it is something that we are constantly going to do. This is a journey. This is a process. Sometimes there are things that are going to knock us down mm -hmm. and we've got to pick ourselves up again and again and again and again. And we're constantly reforming. So that's what Breakthrough was about. Yeah. And so that's what I really love about it. Um, I really hope that it resonates with people. People pick it up. It's available on Amazon now. Yes, it is. Yes. I got my copy in my hand right now. Yes, and I'll be autographing <laughs> that. Don't let me forget. But yes, you can Google Vernay. That's V-E-R-N-A-E. Taylor, T-A-Y-L-O-R. Breakthrough. It'll come right up. And you can order there or you can even get it at Mondo Summit, New Jersey. Or you can actually contact me by way of Instagram or Facebook, but my namesake, Vernay Taylor. And and you can you too can figure out what what it takes to have your breakthrough. And that's just my story. I right. mean the stories that I read at my reading recently at the Summit Library, amazing. I mean, these were stories that reached me and impacted me mm -hmm. that I felt compelled to share with the group. Right. And so mine's just a piece, a mere piece of this huge puzzle of other people and, and the things that they've been through. Right. Right. But you think you, you know, you think you've got it all bad and the stuff that people survived to now where they are, that they were able to come out of the darkest times of their lives to have a breakthrough and share it and inspire the people. Right. This book is very important to me because not everyone is brave enough to tell their story. Yeah, it, it, it's scary. It's very, that. very scary. I'm going to tell you how scary. Because even when I was going through, and we all go through, so yes, this is not yes. something that, you know, anybody's exempt from. Right. But I, I wanted to tell my story without, I, I understood your concerns, without indicting a whole bunch of people around right, me. You, you understand right. what I'm yes. saying? So the road that I took is I wrote in fiction. Okay. So I wrote a story because I had so much stuff inside of me that I needed to just get out. So I, I made it a fiction story. Okay. But then I did get a little bit bold enough uh, just last year to ah. just a little bit, just a little bit. And um, it's, it's um, my um, book is called um um oh my gosh i can you believe i have brain have freeze so many, right you have now so many books <laughs> oh my gosh you can't I, keep them straight <laughs> oh shattered dreams okay. and candy colored rainbows okay oh i like that because that's yeah. what i felt like yeah. was happening with me that shattered dreams, shattered dreams candy and candy colored. colored rainbows. That's life. Yeah. That is so indicative of life, right? Yes, because yes, yes. You're going to get the good and the bad. You're going to get the good and the bad. Yeah. And even then, I withheld so much stuff. Oh, as you're writing, you're already <laughs> editing, self-editing? Yes, already oh. self-editing. But I wrote it in like poetry form and, oh, and prose nice. so that um, I can kind of, you feel better when you, 
when you write, that's yeah. this is what you were saying. Yes. And there's something very comforting that comes with you being able to let it all out. Yes. And you know. yeah, and, and with the poetry, yes, it's yes. so fluid. It makes it yes. Catchy. It's a lot of times people it's it's easier for them to digest. Yes. Um, when they poet poetry because it's so beautiful and melodic. Right. Yeah. Right. So I understand, and that's why I applaud you for you. the courage yeah. to, you know, autobiography. It's like people, yes. yeah, I, I'm thinking about an autobiography myself, but trust and believe I'm going to be real old when I write it. Well, you know, and, and I'm telling you, with the actual release of my autobiography, who, there's no telling when I'll get a chance to actually revisit yeah. it and finish it and finally release it. But, I mean, when I tell you so much, I was reluctant to the point where I just wasn't sure. If yeah. it was even going to happen, right? That's another thing. You have this kind of sense of disbelief or doubt that, like, okay, yeah, like this thing, like me being an author and me being fe- featured in the book. And, right, with, you know, and this is what I was saying to mm-hmm. myself, even as I was going through the process, I didn't tell a soul. Nobody knew. And, with my family, I I was trying to I was trying to debate. Okay, should I tell my grandmother first, or should I tell my mom first? <laughs> Who's going to be easier, and who can I tell, and then they can kind of break the news to someone else? And I didn't tell friends. Mm-hmm. It was one of those things where I'm like, I before it was before it could become tangible, like it materialized in my hand. I said nope. I, I don't. I didn't want anyone to shatter that dream because that's another thing yeah. you have to be careful about. That's right. You have to be careful about a lot of times that whatever God gave you, sometimes it's it's it's, it's for you. Yes. And 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 it's for you to to take ownership of and to handle it with care. So it's you can't share it with everybody. You can't. And I find and I learned that the hard way that at times you can't you can't tell people that maybe are small minded mm-hmm. or maybe they're just they're rigid maybe or maybe they just don't have the courage mm-hmm. and maybe they're just by the book right some people are like I want to go to my 9 to 5 I, I know the one where my benefits are coming from I know when I'm going to get paid and that is that that's fulfilling for them right. so you can you can't expect that everyone's going to understand the wavelength or the free at the frequency that you live your life. Yes. And for me, the way I live my life, as as um, I mentioned in my bio, you know, I, I really want to inspire people to live with purpose mm-hmm. and to understand that they have greatness in their and in, in in them. But more importantly, for me, I, I feel like it's it's such a duty. Like I would hate to be here lost, not knowing what why it is that I was created. And so that's my greatest mission in life to just know why I'm here and what I should be doing. So and the journey to, doing it. to find your purpose. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I'm all about I, I want to live mm-hmm. while I'm here because some people are just living to die. Yeah. 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 So. I don't want to do that either. No. I, I, well, you have it. You, you've you've well, done some good work. <laughs> well, you know, I, I feel like you. I Listening to your story, I, I got to tell you, you, you captivated me because I'm uh. sitting here and I'm listening to you and I'm saying... That could be me. I mean, that is me. That is you. She, she is already. She's you. me. Yes. You know. You know what I'm saying. Right. And it's like everything that you were saying. Yeah, I. You went to school. And, I and was like, things. I'm sitting here and I'm listening to you and I'm saying, is she talking about me? Does she know about me? Is that my story? Yeah. You know. And that's the way it was when I wrote Someone to Love. When I wrote Someone to Love, that was my first book, the fiction book. Nice. And there were so many women who came to me and said, it was as if you knew my story. 
It you says, if it. you knew me. That's that's what it is. That's the kicker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because you're not the only that's the one that's it. going through. Yes, that's the beauty of it. And this is exactly why through my company, Triple Threat Vision, I did a sister-sister talk back. That's something that I also want to bring back on a larger platform, a larger scale, where I can find an actual event space mm-hmm. to do it consistently. Like, you know, maybe monthly or, or bi-monthly. Um, but I have this conversation with a lot of my girlfriends even now that, that I've had for maybe 20 years friendships and we always discuss like we as women need to get together a lot more often because when we do even when it's something casual like oh we just happen to be going out for someone's birthday right the conversation always gets to life challenges relationships yes um self-esteem depression health and and fitness you know there's a wide array of all the things that we talk about but it's amazing when these conversations are opened up the dialogue and the things that people share and then things that you discover about your friends that you thought you knew people thought they knew me and they're like oh my gosh yes. I can't believe you've been through these things you don't look like what you've been through or because I'm you know I'm bubbly or I'm, I'm right. vocal and I smile a lot and they don't realize sometimes that there's a lot of pain behind the smile yes but when we sit down and as amongst you know as women and share these things with each other it's like wow Yes. And think about how many women have not sat down and haven't felt comfortable in a space to even share their stories. So they don't even know that the person right next to them has experienced the same thing, can probably share some tools, yes. share some valuable advice with them, and they just don't know in, because they're silenced. So that's what my mission is with mentorship I'm, I know that's your mission yes that's sisters my mission as well yes you know and it's it's so important it's so important that we get together and just build and and support one another and that's the only way we're going to grow that's the only way we're going to have our breakthrough and get past a lot of these generational things it is generational that, a lot of it is generational yes. and we've been taught to be silent yes tell me about it. especially as women as yes black women Oh, no. Especially as black women. Especially, yes. And that's the part we have to change. Right, right. So, and like you said, creating the safe space, mm-hmm. you know, for people, for women to come to your to your events and to your workshops and, and feel okay. Like, oh, okay, I can share, you know. Because there were so many bashful women yeah. at black women, black women Walking. And... A lot of them were like, oh, I don't know. I don't know what I should say. They were hesitant just Mm -hmm. to come up to the stage. They were hesitant to read what was on the page. But they got through it. Yes. They got through it and they did it. And and some of them probably never spoke in front of people at all. Because public speaking is like one of the greatest fears that people Yes, that's everybody's fear. Yeah. Everybody's fear. Mm Mm-hmm. But it doesn't have to be. Because what you say is important. Yeah. And what you say means something to someone. Right. To someone. Yes. Even if it's just one. Even if it's one person. Yep. Exactly. I don't, I don't like for women to feel like they need to be silent. No, no, it's not, it's not a good place to be, especially not in these times. In these times, it's even more important. Yeah. Our voice is even more important. Mm -hmm. I think for me, you know, just being a fatherless child right mm-hmm, now, mm-hmm. you know, my, ba- my dad, um, we actually just had his eight year anniversary in pa- this past June of his passing. And there's so many people out there that are misplaced, mm-hmm. abused, abandoned for whatever reason. You know, they don't they don't have a sense of identity. 
And it's so important that we, as women that have a voice, a strong voice, mm-hmm. I always consider myself an advocate in any space that I've yes. worked in, yes. that it's really important that we can speak up for those that can't. Yes. And, and when we speak up and we tell our story, we can sometimes save these young girls yes. from going through what we went through if they know, well, listen, this is, you know, maybe try it this way. Maybe walk this path. Maybe don't hang out with that person, you know, and, you know, well, this is almost like being proactive yeah. before, because a lot of times it's so easy for us to be reactive. But if we could be more proactive about everything, a lot of world issues, I, I just feel like things could be a lot better, a lot lighter. We could be saving lives and saving people from a lot of unnecessary pain. I agree. Um, because like you said, when they can't speak up for themselves. Right. So that's that's what it's all about. And I just want everybody to feel okay with having a voice. I don't yeah. know. And it starts uh, it starts young because I remember when I was younger, I I I literally didn't have a voice. You yeah. you really couldn't say what you wanted to say. You really couldn't speak what you wanted to speak. Yeah. And um like you, that's when I got into writing, writing in my diary because in my diary I could say whatever I wanted. Yes. I can put down my feelings and I didn't have to worry about um the whole stigma of, you know, you're to be seen but not heard. Yes. And so I was able to at that point start writing at an early age. And I think when you see mm-hmm. when you see um especially young girls and they're already writing. Yeah. Consistently in their diary, they have a lot to say. Yes. Yes. But just don't have a voice to say it. Right, right. And then in a lot of times whether it be the diary or they're doing poetry or people are writing songs, sometimes these things they end up being a, a best-selling book. Yeah. They end up being on an album. They end up being some, you know, with some type of award, simply from just the organic experience yes. of getting it out. And so another thing that I shared, you know, about writing, and um, I, I really credit, I believe it was Oprah that said it, either Oprah or Maya Angelou, but the gratitude journals. I don't mm-hmm. know if you have one or if you started one, but I know I started one about three years ago, and that was life-changing all right explain what a gratitude um journal is for anybody who might need to know yes of course so the gratitude journal for me and there's different ways to express your gratitude but for me it was something that i wrote in daily Mm -hmm. about the day every little blessing every little thing that i was grateful for or happy about it could have been something like oh i found a dollar on the floor mm-hmm. or you know a little girl smiled at me in the park or somebody held the door for me or you know or i got a little something extra mm-hmm. when i went to go buy something at a food place mm-hmm. you know at a, at a fast food place or something of that nature it could have been or it could have been something really really masterful like i conquered something today and i would write that in my journal every single day and then you give you have a chance by by the end of the year and there's also other ways that you can do this and I'll express that in a second but by the end of the day or the end of the year you can go back and refer to these things that you went through mm-hmm. the things that you you can celebrate it like oh my goodness like i i thought that oh, i was so broken and and, and you know, God forgot about me mm-hmm. or, or people forgot about me or I don't matter. And then you look back at how in, in the ways that you've been blessed. Yeah, it's it does something to your spirit. It actually changes your attitude. Um, another way that I express my gratitude and I learned this. I don't even know where I where I saw this written, 
um, and I wish I knew so I could credit the person, but I did the jar, the gratitude jar. Mm -hmm. So that's another thing where you write down in little pieces of paper that you fold up and you write down different things that happen, amazing things that you're grateful for and thankful for. You put that in the jar. And for New Year's, you know, everybody's worried about turning up and going to the next mm -hmm. party. For me, it's always about, even even as I come up on my 37th birthday, it's always about self-reflection. Mm -hmm. Okay, so what did I accomplish? What did I do? What, what maybe didn't go so well? How can I change things and turn things around? And who is it that I want to become? And that's how I close up the year. So at New Year's, you know, when maybe you're watching the ball drop or you're seeing fireworks or whatever the case may be, I am reading everything in that jar to be reminded of how the year unfolded and all the beautiful things. That's actually beautiful. Yeah. yeah. I might incorporate that myself. Yes. And it's so funny. Or because however you might want to. You know, there's different ways you can do that. Yeah. But for me, it was actually the opposite. Mm -hmm. I wrote in my journal when things were bad. Yeah, because no, too, when I was a kid. Yes. Yeah, because I, I wanted to get it out, but I didn't want to forget it. Yeah. I, I don't know why I felt this way, but I, I didn't. I never wanted to. I knew I was going to somehow get over it because I was always a believer. So I always had this very big spiritual base. Okay. But I never wanted to forget. And I guess in a sense, that was my way of being grateful to God for where he brought me from. Right. So when you would look back and read yes. it. Yes. Oh, yeah. That's powerful, too. That's a powerful tool yes. as well. So, so I used the tool that way. But I like your way as yeah. well. And I might start doing that. But no, absolutely. I mean, as a kid, especially as a teenager mm -hmm. going through, a, you know, adolescence and all of those hardships. Right. Yeah. That, of course, at the time were like, oh, catastrophic. But, you know, as you get yeah. older, you're like, OK, it's, it wasn't the worst thing in the world. But yeah, like you said, a lot of things that I was going through that might have been negative, I saw it as a way to get it out of my body. Yes. Because I think we live in such a society that promotes this idea of suppressing, suppression, right? It promotes the idea of seeking out some type of material thing, mm -hmm. some type of substance or drug to escape from the pain. Right. But, but, but nobody, but I don't want to say nobody, but a lot of people don't are not talking about therapy. It's like now we are really trying to conquer the issue of mental health, but nobody's really talking about it. I know even within the black community, it's almost taboo, the idea of yes, therapy, yes, the idea yes, of counseling, the idea that, you know, you as a Christian can be depressed, yes. you know, um, or have some type of issue or concern. And with that being said, I've always... I, I've always been the type of person, I, some people say I wear my heart in my sleep, but I've been the type of person that when you're going through something, you have to get it out because you think that by you pushing these feelings down and ignoring them and denying them and not speaking about them, that they're just going to evaporate. And they're and not. they don't. At some mm -mm. point, they manifest themselves in some way. In, in some way that you don't life. want it to. And you can't, and you actually can't even control. You can't even control how it's going to manifest. Yes. I know a lot of people that had, you know, their first marriage didn't work out because it, it manifested its way. Or I, I know there's certain things that were unresolved in me that manifested itself in my relationships. Yeah. So it it's, it, it's, it could be the slightest thing and it's just important to acknowledge, okay, something's not right. I'm feeling off today. Why am I feeling this way? And get it out on the Yes. Page. So, you know, whether you use my tool of gratitude, whether you use the tool of just getting it out mm -hmm. so that you know by which you came. Yeah. 
that's awesome. Yes. Either way. But sometimes you need to be reminded of what you're able to do. You yes. know, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Yeah. Sometimes you need to see that you do have strength within yourself to get through those dark yeah. days. Yes. And, you know, a, a good friend of mine um, from my church, um, my pastor, sadly, she's no longer with us at Shiloh Pentecostal Church in Somerville uh, was the church that I was at. And a good friend of mine there she always used to say this too shall pass this too shall pass this too shall That's pass right. and i you know you don't see it in the moment you don't see it in the moment but it is so true and i even speak about some of the books that helped me yeah. in my chapter um of the breakthrough for people to understand that there are, you can pick something up you can pour into yourself. And if you're de- making good deposits, right? Mm-hmm. You're depositing inspiring things, yes. empowering yes. things, positive things, encouraging yourself that there's there's nothing that can come out of that but good because yes. that's what you are putting in and that's what's going to come out. So if we just if we just if we're more intentional about what mm-hmm. we're digesting, I think we can definitely be stronger yes. and, and get through a lot of things that we just did we, we didn't know in the moment that we would we could survive well you certainly got through well i'm still getting through i tell you <laughs> it's rough some days it is rough some days and and i just feel like i i try to be as honest as possible where i'm at yeah and i like i say to my friends you know as i'm even going through a transition now um I say I allow myself to feel whatever it is I'm going to feel. Even I learned this even having lost my father. And for anyone that's lost a parent mm-hmm. or anybody that's close to you, there is a process. The grieving and mourning process, it's different every day. Mm-hmm. And you have to, you know, they say there's no way through, there's no way there's no way to resolve pain or there's no way to get through it but through. You yeah. can't get over under, under it. you yeah, have to around go it you have to around go through it, it. Yes, thank mm-hmm. you you have to go through it and in order to do so you have to be honest and acknowledging where you are at that yes. particular moment so i allow myself that time like okay renee if you need to cry go on and get it out yes 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 but yes. you but you still got to go to that audition that's right you still need to finish this chapter you still need to do your book reading. You you know, you still need to show up and That's sing right. praise and worship at church. You are still expected on that stage at call time. And that's all there is to it. It's just about getting, putting your one foot in front of the other and continuing to move. Yes. Just say, okay, I'm every day, I'm going to take strides on doing something itty bitty, mm-hmm. itty bitty. You know, I'm going to take strides towards that ultimate goal. And before you know it, you're like, oh my gosh, look how far I came. You don't even realize all the steps. Like, I I remember, you know, I I was in the prom in my life, right? I was tiny. I was like a size four. I was running three and a half miles a day. Well, I'm clearly not a size four anymore. And I I can't do three and a half miles a day in jogging. Mm -hmm. But I said, okay, well, I can work myself back up to that. So... It took, all right, I'm going to start walking. Yeah. I'm going to start power walking. Yeah. One mile, two mile, 2.5, three miles. And before you know it, you're right back where you started. Or you might even go even further. Even further. Even further, yes. yes. So it's just about doing it. Yeah. And keep moving. So one thing to say to someone who is out there struggling and trying to get to their breakthrough, what would you say to them? Yes. 
for those that are listening and you're trying to get to your breakthrough, as I just mentioned, you just want to keep moving forward. And I have learned also you want to surrender. Surrender yourself. Sometimes it's just a matter of speaking to your heavenly father, to a greater power, whatever you might call him. You speak to that and and just say, use me, help me, give me strength. Mm. And that's what I do in the morning. Lord, give me strength and to keep moving, to keep fighting. And before you know it, you're getting up, you're smiling. It's the little things that you can still, that can still make you laugh. You are setting goals for yourself. Mm -hmm. And and like I said, writing everything down, that's important too. When you're feeling sad, why are you feeling sad? What are your triggers? When you're feeling happy, when you're feeling really grateful and blessed, what is it that made you feel that way? When you're writing those things down, you are materializing it. You are putting a name on it, a stamp on it. You're taking ownership and accountability for it so that you can remember, you can recall those times. Oh, this is what I said I was going to do. Mm-hmm. So let me get to it. Oh, this is who I said I want to be. Let me get to it. Yeah. What are the action steps? And sometimes you just need to keep revisiting that. Revisit things. Um, also, in getting in obtaining your breakthrough, you need to make sure that you're surrounding yourself with positive people, positive programming. You know, turn the television off. Mm-hmm. I turned the television off for a long, long time. It's just been as of recently that I might have watched maybe one or two things. But get into a book. Mm-hmm. Go to talkbacks, workshops, mix and mingle. Um, when I did my reading for Breakthrough and some really amazing, beautiful people that I did not know that just happened to see it on social media, it came to visit people that were supposed to be in other places. Right. They delayed or, you know, canceled their plans to be with me that night, to take a chance on me. And I thought it was amazing. And even with that, I I shared with everybody, utilize your local library. Mm -hmm. There are so many workshops and groups and resources in helping you through whatever it is you're going through. And also, I believe in therapy. And therapy is nothing more than talking to a person. Someone that's mutual. Someone that can be objective. Someone that can provide you with tools. And I'm not talking about medicating. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about simply sitting down and speaking with someone that can provide you with tools and alternatives to the way that you've been doing it. And, And if it hasn't been working the way you're doing it, then you know what? You may have to do it another way. So just be open. Be open to the process. Be patient with yourself. Be kind to yourself and keep moving forward. Yes. That was really long winded. Sorry. No, that was <laughs> that was necessary and beautiful. Thank you so much. Oh because my gosh, thank you. There for is someone me. listening and there is someone who needed to hear that. Thank you for having me. And and I love I love that we we met. Yes. And that we've built we continue to build on this yes. relationship and I love the work that you do. Thank you. And that I appreciate you, it. And that you always think of me. I always say, thank <laughs> you for thinking of me, you know, even to be here to say, Oh, I want to interview you. I think that is so amazing. So I'm, I'm excited for the future and anything that you have going on. 
Oh, well, thank you. I will keep you in the loop if you promise to keep me absolutely in the loop. Absolutely. So I have your your next um, book um, reading is August 4th, right? Yes, yes. So let's talk about that. Absolutely. Let them know where. So yes, um, I am a resident of Summit, New Jersey, and it will be in Summit at Mondo. And of those that know Mondo, it's such an amazing place where they do market a lot of local entrepreneurs and business owners um, and merchants. So they also have a restaurant there along with a theater. So if you are on Springfield Avenue in Mondo, that will be on a Sunday, August 4th, 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. And we will be there. You can meet me there. We're going to have a Q&A. We'll have light refreshments. And we'll have a chance where you can speak and engage. And we can dialogue about my inspiration for the book. And for those that maybe have something that they're birthing inside Mm -hmm. of them that they just didn't feel, you know, courageous enough to do just yet. So I am looking forward to that. And of course, you can go to anotherchanceplay.com and purchase your preview tickets for Another Chance out of Hamilton, New Jersey. And then also look for us, um, the Balance of Love crew, Musical Journey, look for us in Atlantic City. We might go back to Harris, but we're also going to be at the Hard Rock Cafe. So I will um, be giving you guys more dates as more information okay, comes that's available. Good, good. And of course, stay plugged into my social media, Instagram, Verne Taylor. That's V like Victor, E-R-N-A-E, T-A-Y-L-O-R. It is an open page. You can DM me. I check it every day. I'm posting, you know, everything that's going on with me on that page, along with my website, Verne.com. So you can find me there. Okay. And please go pick up her book. Yes. It's called Breakthrough. And it can be found at Amazon. Yes, right on Amazon. And there's also copies sold at Mondo. Or you can DM me if you're a local a local customer I can always meet you somewhere and we can just do an exchange and you'll get an autographed copy by me okay that's great and I'll put this information on the um, page as well yes so you've been listening to real talk with real people and I have a very real person sitting in front of me today and I'm very grateful to have her yes thank you so we're gonna we're gonna sign off yes thank you thank you for listening okay yes thank you for listening to real talk I'm Dr. Caroline Pathea Jones, and I will see you next time. Yes, thank you. And I'm Renee Taylor.